grace and peace to you all and welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome here if this is your first time with us or if you are with us every week. You are welcome here no matter who you love or what you look like or where you live. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here at the United Congregational Church. We're so glad that you're with us. Let us worship God. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Here ends the first reading. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, 28 to 36. Now about eight days after this, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to Jesus. 
They appeared in glory and were speaking of Jesus' departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. Here ends the reading. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your eyes, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is good for us to be here. That's what Peter says on the top of the mountain. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Here on the mountaintop where we can catch a glimpse of God's glory, where we can see Jesus' face shining with the splendor of love and truth and goodness. Where mysterious as it all is, somehow it feels right and obvious like coming home. Lord, cries Peter, let's build three dwellings. Let's stay. Let's live here. You know what Peter is talking about. If you have ever found a moment of meaning and truth shining right through all the world's nonsense, found something so deep and true, you wondered why you ever let those other voices get to you. You know what Peter is talking about if you have ever stumbled upon a true sanctuary in this chaotic earth, a place that impossibly resonates with the peace the world cannot give. You know what Peter is talking about if you have ever felt the wholeness of truly belonging in beloved community, of being loved and seen for who you are, God's own child. These are the moments when we glimpse God's face shining through, when we hear, however faintly, God's song of hope above the fray, when we feel the blessing of God's love touching our hearts. I've had these glimpses in the old simple stone abbey on the Isle of Iona, where travelers gathered from all corners of the earth to worship and work together for a time in a remote island in Scotland or around the table with beloved friends, sharing a meal, sharing stories, sharing joy. Or on the work site of a mission trip, as young people work side by side with strangers for something bigger than any of them can understand. Or here, in this very sanctuary on All Saints Day, as we gather together to grieve and remember the people we lost, including my grandfather, and I could feel healing and joy in the midst of grief. These are the mountaintop experiences that show us that God's light really will shine brighter than the darkness. 
These are the moments that remind us of the deep goodness of God, a goodness planted more deeply than all that is wrong. These are the places where somehow healing and wholeness are possible. And we know in our hearts that love will win after all. And like Peter, we long to stay there, don't we? And can we blame him? Like Peter, we want to cry, it is good for us to be here. Let's stay. My friends, I don't know about you, but my heart has been breaking this week at the news of Russia invading Ukraine. On Thursday evening, Alex showed me a picture of the Ukrainian civilians huddled in the subway. It reminded him of his British grandparents who slept in the underground stations during the Nazi Blitz of London. On Friday, pictures emerged of families fleeing the capital, Kyiv, many abandoning their cars and leaving on foot with all their possessions in bags, children in tow, looking lost and scared. And it made me think of my grandmother, whose life was also upended by war in Europe, her family torn apart, fleeing as refugees, eventually able to make it here to the United States. I know that many of you have stories like this in your families. Many of you know only too well the ripples of trauma caused by war. It reverberates in nations and families for generations. This is all heavy on my heart. And as I read the Transfiguration story about the shining face of Jesus, the glimpse of glory, I confess I struggled to bring myself to the place of hope and faith and peace that Peter found that day. And then I realized there are times when it's hard to remember the mountaintop experiences. There are times when we long to see God's face shining through somewhere and we come up wanting. It doesn't mean God's shining presence is gone, of course. Merely as our opening hymn put it, hid from our eyes. And those are the times when we doubt what we saw and felt in those shimmering experiences of hope and love and peace. I wonder if maybe that is how Peter felt when just weeks after this glorious mountaintop experience, he had to witness the horror of Jesus' death, his torture, what happened on a hill, on a cross, at the hands of the Roman oppressor. I wonder if in the darkness of that grief, Peter even remembered what it felt like to be on that mountain that glimpse of God. I imagine it seemed far away, a seeming dream that never came to pass. But here's the thing about those mountaintop experiences. You can't ever really forget them, not completely. They're like that foreign language that you learned as a child that you think is gone, but it's not. It's just buried really deep. Those glimpses of God, those times we see for a moment what God's kingdom is like, they stay within us. And we may forget the words or 
what exactly they felt like. But they are the hope, hidden deep down. Whatever Peter may have felt in those awful three days after Jesus' death, the guilt and shame of denying Jesus, the despair of losing him, what he saw on that mountaintop, what he experienced there wasn't gone, just dormant. It was there, this kernel, when Mary Magdalene showed up early on that third day and said to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And they all dismissed her. All those men said, yeah, right. But not Peter. Something made Peter run to the empty tomb. And he believed. And it was there later still when all the disciples were fishing and Jesus appeared on the shore and Peter looked and saw and knew it was Jesus. He dove in the water and swam to him instantly. And it was there later still on Pentecost when Peter, seeing the confusion of the crowds when the disciples were suddenly given the power through the Holy Spirit to speak all the foreign languages of those gathered there, he got up and he spoke about all that he had seen and learned about the kingdom of God by following Jesus, both up on that mountain of the transfiguration and then later to the mountain where he was crucified and down the other side of both. My friends, on Wednesday, I sat with a woman who is at the end of her life, about to enter hospice care. And as I sat and prayed with her, she was struggling for breath. Her granddaughter told me that if she were able to talk, she would have regaled me with stories of how she served as a nurse during World War II. And as I held the hand of this brave and dying woman, I thought of her whole generation of men and women who risked their lives to deliver Europe from a totalitarian regime bent on subduing the world. And my heart felt heavy with the weight of war. All week, it has been like a shadow cast over me. And yet, this story reminds me why I can still choose to hope. Because I believe that our God is the one who stands on the side of peace. And I know I have glimpsed God's glory. And that even as things break apart, it somehow shines through the cracks. It somehow lights up the darkness. I know that there on the mountaintop where Peter wanted to stay, and bathe in the glory of God's light. We all catch a glimpse of it. And it reminds us that on the other side of death is an empty tomb that shows us God's not done with us just yet. Amen. <laughs>
Our virtual worship team is the Reverend Rebecca Floyd Marshall, Senior Minister, Clarkshire Media's Lily Clark, our project manager, and Cam Clark, our videographer, Raymond Boudreau, our music director, who plays all the piano and organ music in these recordings, Alex Floyd Marshall, audio engineer, and the horn and string music you're hearing is performed by the Thomas family. In our church, it is our tradition to end every service with this simple blessing. God be with you till we meet again. By God's counsels, guide, uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Go in peace. Thank you.